We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. One of the great playoff runs of all time is complete. Podcast, Sam what episode are we on? 37. Ooh. Warrior legend Nick Van Axel. Nick Van Axel is like a reminder of just you remember like when you're a bad team and you get like a marginally good player who is on a better team and like you hype it up, but then they, they come to your crappy 20 win team and you know they, they're just checked out. They're like, I'm just here to collect my check because no one was willing to pay me. Yeah, I that wonder, was the Nick Van Axel experience. I wonder who. So that that's the entirety of the Sacramento Kings uh, in in twenty seventeen. Phoenix Suns, like like Tyson Chandler's, <laughs> like stuff like that. Um, you know, it's nice. like and it rotates, like you know, um, like the Orlando Magic with a Flalo getting into a fight tonight. Like a Flalo, just kind of like oh, I'll I'll just collect my check here, you know. Yo, we got to talk about that a little bit later on. Now that you bring it up, we'll wait to introduce our guest later. But yeah, that was that was something that I, I think <laughs> I think just because people are calling us off, they're going off now. But we'll, we'll go into that. What I want to do is introduce you as the guy that's pissing off everyone, huh? We've got Mister <laughs> Mister Nash. You got national media uh, coming at you. 
Uh, is Nick is Nick on? Wright actually national media? Fox Sports One. I, think, I mean, but does, does he, he actually that, does he actually cover show? anything, or does he just have? Uh... He covers LeBron. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was just I was just glad to get a shout out. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that my voice carried such volume that my my tweets triggered so many souls. <laughs> you know what the thing is? Like he's a troll. Like I. I he, He's not. I don't. I think he's smart. I think he's someone that knows what he's talking about. If he tried, I don't think he tries. He just trolls and covers everything like how we do. Well, you know, Steph it's it's stuff in the Warriors. It's actually it's a little more than that. Like he's talked about it, and I I think Stephen A. and a couple other people. It's like th- those shows they do. Like it, it's it's a total bit, you know. Yeah, and and it's fine. Like I mean, it's not like we don't do our own bit on a much exactly. smaller scale. <laughs> but, um, exactly. But I mean, he's, hey, you got you got to you got to pick your lane. You know, Skip Bayless got famous off of like pretending LeBron was, you know, basically Scottie Pippen with a with a shoe deal. Like, I guess Scottie had a shoe deal. I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, and then like you know, someone's got to go the opposite way where LeBron can do no wrong. You know, no no one wants the nuanced. You know, LeBron's really good, but in certain situations he's not the greatest. But in gotta, most situations he's pretty great. You got to admit though, two things. That's smart. One riding along LeBron's coattails. Number two, though, giving you a shout out like that, like, come on, man, you got you got no troll when you see one. You guys are like Spider Man memeing together. <laughs> I'm just happy that I wasn't caught in it, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, well, you he, he, he got too. she he got sheed too, but I mean, she's <laughs> she's she's the legend in the streets. Everyone knows about him. I was surprised <laughs> you didn't catch it. I don't know. I was telling you earlier, dude. Like Asian people, they don't catch criticism. That's just how we work, man. Like Model nobody. We just, yep, yeah, exactly. People like just kind of assume like we're not going to do anything bad or wrong and just catch nothing. They just expect us to be cool. So he probably don't even know who I am. I'm better for it, you know? Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? It's like a Steph 3. That's why draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me. More than 1 million people that have already downloaded Draft 2. Play in a real-life draft site right now, be done under 5 minutes, and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. And Andy's not exaggerating when he says in 5 minutes. I was skeptical. I signed up, got got the draft done in about 5 minutes, and boom, my lineup was set for that night, and I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it. Code hard cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Sam's promo code, LIGHTYEARS. That's right, play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code, LIGHTYEARS. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you guys will love it, that they're even offering LIGHTYEARS pot listeners a money back guaranteed up to $100. It's basically free money. Enter the code LIGHTYEARS. They're guaranteeing you up to $100, so by the, your first few plays are going to be free, and if you win, you get to pocket that money. What, what do you guys have to lose? So just go search Draft in your app store, go to draft.com, and come play free right now with Light Years. Promo code Light Years. We got a guest this week, uh, the only non-white vegan that I know, or at least know online, somehow has blonde <laughs> hair now. 
big yeah. proponent of drinking water and of course co-founder of leverage the chat nice enough to have us on now black trey how's it going what's going on fellas thank you for having me good to have you on man it's been it's been a we've had i think five six seven episodes uh uh, for for having you on so i what i i have one question to start off what's up Uh, because i listened to all the the pause that you've done from then to now how do you know like almost every single person like nba players from you know baron davis guys that aren't in the nba to guys now you seem to have a story for everything now you don't have to tell us but i'm just curious like what um so uh obviously uh well not obviously because i mean <laughs> you, you asked me the question so um i used to actually play basketball and at one point in time you know uh, los angeles being a predominant uh uh pool of talent uh, um um pretty much you just kind of brush i played in the drew league a couple times and you know a couple of my friends are professional athletes um so you know just actually just hanging out with them and just you know being cool with most of the guys that's in the league, you know, I kind of built those relationships and it just kind of like spread. Like, you know what I mean? It was like kind of like a family tree, kind of a brotherhood, but you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I became a, the, the professional best friend as like uh, Bobby Brown is right now in Houston Rockets, I suppose. Ah, but they, they didn't get you the contract like Bobby, huh? They definitely didn't get me the contract. <laughs> the, the closest thing I've got to uh NBA contract was, uh, in uh, 2011 lockout, I was trying to make the Milwaukee Bucks summer league team, but the lockout occurred. So uh, after that, yeah, I kind of ended my NBA hopes. Yeah, well, well, farther than Andy and I got, so can't say anything there. Yeah. So that you said, well, me and Sam were like, hey man, we used to hoop, but it's like high school. So, yeah, so now now that we have a real guy on the pod, now we got to like tone it down a little bit. So we'll see where it goes. <laughs> we're we're going to jump right into last night. I think everybody's been been kind of talking about it. I think 25 different people have written about it in the past 10 hours or 24 hours. Um is this rivalry dead? The Cavs and the Warriors after what happened last night? Uh, I don't I never considered it a rivalry cuz I mean with the rivalry you have to go really back and forth. And uh, it's been pure domination on the on the Warriors' behalf. Um, like, I mean, obviously, LeBron's been to the final seven times consecutively, and you have to respect that, but still you have to beat those teams. And I think, you know, it was pretty impressive for him to win in uh, 20, was that 2015? 2016. Okay, 2016. And, you know, like I said, that that's impressive. But, I mean, for it to be a rival, it would have to be, you know, at least, you know, where they they go back and forth. You win one, they win one. You win one. It's been one sided. It, you know, he, he he stole one in in that year, and and it's it's never been the same after that. So, I feel like it died the minute Kyrie requested a trade too, because like I, it's not like um, in the last finals, like they were clearly overmatched. But at least with LeBron and Kyrie, you can see like, hey, if they made one move around those guys or something, it could be a competitive series again. And it's just like losing Kyrie while the Warriors are getting better. The, the, the gap between the two teams is just so far that it's it's not even like I, – I mean, it's fun to watch because LeBron always you know kind of goes at it and treats it as a, you know important game. Like he clearly doesn't like losing to the Warriors or anything. Uh, but it's just not realistic to think that they can actually make a series out of the Warriors. Yeah. Um, the thing is, too, that a lot of people fail to realize is that it doesn't even start with uh, 
um, pretty much players or the coaching staff. It starts with the whole entire organization, you know, and a lot of people get tired of playing all these analysts or people that cover sports uh, praise, uh, praise pretty much praise the Warriors and don't really give other teams credit. But, I mean, you have to give credit where it's due. Um, you know, from Lake up to down the line to the trainers and everything, like it's a culture there. Those guys actually like being around each other. And when you're trying to piece a team up, just like the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing to compete with these teams, it's not necessarily easy just because on the, it's a name on the paper. You know, realistically, a lot of people say, oh, well, they got this person and they got this person, but you still have to build that chemistry on the floor. A lot of guys have, you know, just because they're talented don't mean they're going to be able to play together. Um, and that's the thing that uh, the system Steve Kerr and the Warriors have created is that you can plug in certain guys that fit that role, and it's also accountability there. You know what I mean? Like you add a Nick Young who's known for a fun personality, but you got the David West that's actually checking that dude um, and being serious. Also, you got Draymond Green that's holding guys accountable. So um, it's just, you know what I mean? Like everybody's accountability and, you know, everybody's jockeying for position as far as competing you know what i mean looney's trying to get some minutes bell's trying to get some minutes you know what i mean it's not it's not too many teams that go that deep we because so. that that's a good point that's actually where we're gonna go to next or from top down we're gonna go organization because winhurst had a uh, piece on how the spurs dealt with lamarcus aldridge and how the Cavs, uh the Cavs and well lebron because part of it was that he didn't speak to him anything like that with Kyrie. Um, so what I wanted to go with, and our theory is that LeBron can be pretty overrated as a leader or as someone, or as someone that's running the team, right? That's one that's making decisions or has the overall power on the team. Um, right. So, because I, I think my overall point is that when we compare Steph as someone, obviously as someone that I, we think is is better, um, <laughs> or as someone that leads better, um, it's that he allows people to kind of make those decisions and doesn't ask for control there are times where he could have i think with duran or maybe getting kevin love over clay things like that that but he doesn't he kind of leaves that to myers or, or lakeup uh, but lebron doesn't so part of that art theory is that that actually works out of the favor for the Cavs and lebron and that's kind of put him in this situation yeah um you know to question his leadership and everything else too like i think he's a pretty good leader but also a lot of people don't like to be uh held accountable on those standpoints huh. and he is like uh hey i did it so you guys need to follow suit and it's only a few guys that ha can actually be his minion so um it gets to a point where certain guys are kind of just tired of it and i think that was the situation with uh kyrie Irving. sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> you were what are you right doing now? right now <laughs> Yeah, I am with Waz. I am with Waz, but I'm actually uh, in the neighborhood. Like, you know what I mean? So my window was open. I have to close it. Damn, um, we should have had him on too then. <laughs> yeah, super funny. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, the culture is pretty bad because now you don't actually have a coach that's stepping in and telling LeBron to shut up and allowing him to coach versus him being a coach on the floor, which everyone tends to praise. But it's also a negative, you know, because now no one's really holding him accountable. Yeah, he's like out there doing it you know what i'm saying and i i already have looked looked forward towards the summer and i was like my on my wish list is for lebron to join the san antonio spurs and yeah. finally get with a coach that can hold him accountable that he respects so dearly and not a coach that he can step in when he wants and make those decisions 
Yeah, I really hope he doesn't go to the Lakers for that standpoint because it, they're just going to give him all the control to do whatever he wants. And then he got all these young players, and he got like the entire L.A. circus around it, which will just kind of like magnify every little thing. And it, I, I just don't see how that would be a great situation. I don't know. It'd be great yeah. for us. Be I mean, it'd be, it'd be entertaining us. as hell. I'm not going to lie. I, I get endless material. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been rumored to join so many other teams. But like you said, I mean, this year it's going to take a lot. I think the only way the Warriors actually uh, fall off is by them beating themselves. And, you know, like that's father time and injuries and, and a lot of stuff. You know, of course, Steph's been dealing with injuries this year more than most. Um, but those guys have been plug in and plug out. You know what I mean? You know, when Steph goes down, KD steps up. When KD's been out, Steph steps up. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, and even some of the bench guys have gained confidence. So that's a scary, it's a scary team to see, man. I mean, you know, like I'm not mad at, I used to be mad at first when KD joined because I just wanted to, you know, see KD go up and at it with the Warriors and stuff like that. But now I'm just kind of used to it, you know? I don't look at I don't view them as a super team. I just view them as a team that uh, hmm. is well managed. That that might be the so so for us we always argue. Me and Sam we don't argue. We always sadly admit that the seasons get pretty boring though. Like we I got to cover the home games and and you know watching every game is like that. It gets kind of to the point where well actually the new thing the new theme for the Warriors now is that if Steph isn't playing, it's just not exciting anymore. I don't know how many Warriors games you watch, um, but this is a real thing that's happening across the across most, if not all, Warriors fans. Is that they just you know won't show up or just won't watch games that Steph is. So you playing. guys are gonna drive Katie out of town. Make, make it, yeah, it's, kind of like it's, it's, it really it's pretty, much, it's yeah. pretty much a spoiled scenario, though. You know what I mean? It takes back to the Lakers winning, uh, going three peats, right? And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't watch sports anymore because if these dudes get four feet, I'm never going to hear it. You know what I mean? Being, me being from Los Angeles and also going – I was in high school at that time when they were, like, dominating. So I didn't watch the NBA at all. Huh. Um, I don't feel that way now because it's so much young talent that I just separated the Warriors from everyone else. I say, okay, huh. they're elite, and we'll see them in June, and I'll watch their games in June. But as of right now, I'm watching the future of the NBA, and that's kind of what I focus on. You know what I mean? Like, I know – you know, um, and, and it's, it's different basketball. You know what I mean? Like, you love threes and you love, you know, even even going to those arenas. Like, I was around that team that um, was led by Stack Jack and Monte Ellis before oh. when Monte actually had the uh, moped accident. So I used to have full access to the Oracle. I was on a family pass, hmm. stayed over there by Lake Merritt. You know what I'm saying? The the bad nice. warrior years, you know, Jamarcus Nelson. Uh, oh, those Nelson. are my favorite years. Those were, I was in, but, um, I was in, called that was like the first good warrior team i'd seen in my lifetime and they're 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 an eight seed they were just like yeah. barely deep they're they're just competitive good you know they had that one playoff yeah. series and everything but like yeah that that's that one for anyone i, I think we're about the same age trey for anyone yeah. around our age who's fallen the warriors that team that team and the first warriors title team with Steph are probably the two that have the most emotional attachment yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, it definitely created a great energy. Um, I remember during the time that was the that was the first time I actually learned NBA politics and how things were ran, where they had Al Harrington uh, listed as back spasms, but him and Nelly just didn't get along, and they were trying to move him. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like I was actually getting to see that, and I was like, wow, this is how the NBA works. This shit is trash. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I really was so upset. You know what I mean? Like oh, I actually we... used to. 
I used to drink with Don Nelson, dude, <laughs> at the uh, <laughs> at the at the building, dude. So it's like it's a funny scenario. I mean, yeah, like looking at it back over. now. Um, yeah, he used to be, Nelly used to be coaching drunk, dude. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, that like was like one of those B- things that everyone around the team Beatrice knew was and just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, those were actual fun times. And you know, I mean, like I'm, I, like I said, I'll, I'll never hate on the Warriors because I was around during those negative times, and I actually had to root for the Warriors because. My best friend at the time, Marcus Williams, was uh, a, a part of that team. So you know, I was oh, like, was, okay, well, I'm gonna root for him. He was he was a big time in Nelly's doghouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ever since the China trip, ever since yeah. the China trip. You know, what I mean, it was it was so funny because I would sit in those practices. You know, at least a little different now, but in those practices, they would play one on one. Him and Stag Jack were playing on the side, and I was just looking like this is what being in the NBA is like. Because you know, I was a collegiate player at the time. I was. Uh, supposed to go to Notre Dame Day Namur. Yeah. And I kinda like end up pulling out of that situation. Um so I stuck around in Oakland for a while. Um but yeah, man, you know what I mean? Like I'm happy for what the, the Warriors success. And yeah, sometimes it does get boring watching those games because it's kind of predictable. You kinda look at it like they're not gonna lose. Um and I think sometimes Steph does gamble or whoever it may be gambles because out of boredom just to make things challenging. You know, that behind-the-back pass is just kind of something that he just tries, even though it drives Warrior fans crazy. Yeah, I, I sw- think it's just something to just kind of try. And I swear no. half of the reason Kerr um, just kind of puts some weird-ass rotations and lineups in there is just purely to kind of, like, spice up the game and, and get guys to, like, focus in some way. Like, let's see what we, what combination to get throw out there to force them to actually try instead of just go on, you know, autopilot. No. <laughs> no, Trey, I wasn't covering the team back then, so you got to let me know if you figured out the politics on why Nelly used to play AC Law over Steph. So, um, no, that, was, um, that was Keith Smart. Oh, no, yeah, that was Keith Smart. That's yeah, that was Keith Smart. Nelly, so, loved, uh, Nelly loved Steph. That's Keith right, that's Smart right. Actually, uh, the reason why, like, I mean, they just really, you know, the thing about Steph was Steph dealt with so many ankle injuries and then also with Steph uh, just not doing what Keith Smart really wanted him to do as far as defense and stuff like that. You know, I mean, he was still getting to, like, know his way around the NBA. You yeah, know he was, like, I mean? 150 like, pounds at that point, too. Yeah, he just <laughs> he really guard didn't have that body. He was still, you know, like, it was, I mean, I always joke with Brandon. I said, you have 55 on Steph. Now, look, at Steph had 50 on you guys when you played for the Orlando Magic. <laughs> so, it's, you know, I mean, like, um, you know, it, development sometimes. You know, a lot of people didn't even believe Steph was going to be the player he was. I honestly, I would argue with his friend Chris Cosizi. All the time on Twitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can check my old tweets where I'm like, man, where's this? Not going to get it done. You know what I mean? Like, this is not that good. You know what I mean? But he really would like, yo, my man's going to, my man nice. And I'm like, you know, because I was a fan of Davidson, but like the pros, yeah. I'm like, eh, they probably missed one, you know? Um, I've, I've talked about this with Andy so much. Like, I actually, in Steph's rookie year, he um, basically, whenever, whenever Monte basically checked out on the season, I think he, 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 he got some ankle injury, and then it, it became like 20 games out, which was clearly more of a political thing than an actual injury. Like, Steph kind of lit it up then, and I was like, okay, he, he, he could be a nice player, but I even from that point on, I had no idea he would be anything more than like a good starter at best. Like, just exceeded my wildest dreams. Nobody point. believed in him, man. <laughs> Besides, no, right. even, people who, even people who liked him didn't think he was going to Yeah, be, yeah and that was the main thing. Like, I mean, if, if, somebody, if somebody said that they believed in Steph, they're a liar. 
I, I, just, sure. you know, I mean, they're, they're a liar to your face because, I mean, it just wasn't, you know, there. You know what I mean? The AC Law had some stints, and obviously it didn't pan out for him. But AC, AC Law was so physical and could do one, could guard one, two, three at that point. I mean, he wasn't crazy big or towering or anything like that, but it just worked out. So, um, you know, I'm glad that everything panned out for Steph. We got to go back into the, uh, then the, the 07, 08 Nelly stories. I got, I got to get some good ones out of you now. Um, those are, I don't, I don't know. Nelly's for, at least for, for most of the fan base, I know it, they just, he's, he was like the first good thing that happened to the Warriors. So they kind of see him with rose colored glasses. Oh my God. Some people <laughs> still love him. Yeah. Right? It's just like yeah, they, they see him like him. as some sort of like basketball prophet who knew everything. And, you know, he, he came up with everything and, um, but th- there was, a, I don't even know where to go with this, but there's a, no, there's a segment of warriors fans <laughs> like that would like him that are, that would be like, you know what, if we had to make a choice, maybe one season between Steve Kerr and Don Nelson, they would go Nelly just cause it's like, you know what? They'll play up and down. There'll be no, like, there'll be no backdoor screens for Steph. It's going to be pick <laughs> and roll. Draymond's going to play center for 48 minutes. Right. And they're just going to run like he's going to play Jordan Bell nonstop. Either that or he's going to fuck up his career by messing with his mind one or the other. And he's just going to run like not. And they're going to drop like 150. Right. And and not play any defense. (laughs) But that's what Warriors fans are used to. I mean, like they like the excitement part. Like uh, I don't want to say it this way, but like the stuff that nowadays it's yeah, it's 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 spoiled. Like we're spoiled. What was done back then in just terms of entertainment, that was what you know, being a Warriors fan meant, right? None of this stuff now is really, it's not what a true, like, you know, Warriors fan kind of feels, right? This is all new. This is this, like that. But what happened back then in terms of Anthony Randolph, Andres Biedrins, you know. Shouts to Randolph, man. <laughs> I remember he used to be called a crybaby. He would cry all the time, dude. You know, he was the youngest on the team. I think he was yeah. 19 years old at the he time. He was the youngest guy in and, the league, right? Back, yeah. back then, yeah. And, and we had a funny, a funny little crew, uh, so it's Marcus Williams, my guy Tyrus, uh, Anthony Morrow, who was actually not on a guaranteed contract at the time. He was still trying to make the team. And then I think after he had 37 on the Clippers, he ended up, you know, getting the guaranteed contract. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, then, no, that's uh, right. He was he was a camp invite who just shot the lights out in camp, so he got a non-guarantee. Yeah. And then he and, and he, he was the MVP during the Utah uh, Summer League. Right. And then yeah. he just, I, I remember that game against the Clippers because I was like, uh, I got a text from my friend. It was like a noon game on a Saturday, and I wasn't, I wasn't about to watch, you know, the two teams that were probably going to get the top two picks in the draft play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, this rookie's lighting it up for the Warriors. And I'm like, oh, St- Steph. And I turn it on. And I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> it's Anthony Morrow. Yeah. And then we had Jamario Davidson. And uh, <laughs> who else was there? I think that was it. Oh, and then we would always hang out with Rico, Rico Hines because he was a part of the coaching staff at the time. So, um, yeah, it was just it was interesting, man. It was some times where you're like, dude, you know, like I said, it was my first time being around like an NBA professional team, so I didn't like know what to expect. I always thought these guys were like always serious and stuff, and that that was the matter plan for Nelly. You know, what I mean, as long as you showed up and did your thing. I mean, it was guys like Rob Kurz and Ronnie Turioff on the team. <laughs> Uh, you can go down the line. It was super random. It was like one of those teams where you miss the fantasy draft and you just end up with players. Like, yeah. you just weren't, just weren't that great. They just had a, a, a record number of just guys getting called up. All, Chris Hunter. Um, 
Who else on that team? Yeah. Might, might, if might I, if I had Mikey known Moore. that you could name every single person, Trey, I would I would have came prepared with a whole <laughs> oh, list I mean, of questions. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people attest and say, "Oh, well, you be hating on the Warriors." Like, dude, I was down with the Warriors when they were like trash. You know what I'm saying? Respectively, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, you, I'm, you guys are new to the party, but you know, uh, when I did the Oakland Live show, I told the story about me getting into it with Monte. Um, you know, oh, during his injury. Repeat that story I, then. <laughs> Man, I, th- I think it's kind of drawn out, but let's just say we were hanging out in uh, San Francisco at Pink Diamonds, and uh, <laughs> myself, uh, Stag Jack, and uh, Anthony Morrow, and Monte Ellis, and a couple of my friends uh, were out for Jamarcus Russell's birthday party. <laughs> and um, the porn star Pinky was uh, actually entertaining that night, dancing, and uh, a couple others. And I actually uh, got into it because Monte was throwing money like making it rain and the money kept falling on me. So I was getting, I was getting annoyed. Cause I mean, I felt it was very disrespectful, but I mean, you know, we were under influence and stuff like that. So, um, it is what it is, but you know I mean? Like it was, it was a good time, but I just, you know, I didn't really appreciate the, the dollar bills landing on me. So, um, fair enough at that time. I just, I just let him, let him know how I felt, but you know, Steven Jackson was the, the moderator of the scenario and, and didn't let anything occur. Um, Jackson was the moderator. Interesting. Yeah, actually, that's the funny thing about it. Uh, you know, um, and then also, what is the the lounge area after the games are called now? What is it called now? I know they renamed it. Oh, it was like that before. Courtside or Skyview. So before it, it was something else, but it was the Courtside Club. So we would go in there in Courtside Club, and Jack would even win or lose would come in there full uniform and say. Nothing but the best, right? And nothing but the best was like this Patron margarita. And we would just get hammered, dude. Like hammered, hammered, hammered. You know what I mean? And it was, it was, like I said, it was a great time. It was a great time, but they, the words just sucked, you know? And, you know, after they traded, that was the whole marketing demo. It just went downtown. I just, it just went, it just went downhill from there. You go, you go into that same lounge nowadays. I used to go in there. I've been covered three years. So nothing. But nothing, Man, though, you, dude. I wish you guys had Bossa Nova because I would tell you the Steph story. But I did go <laughs> hang out uh, last year, and this was previous when I told my joke. I, You know, I was joking around uh, before last year, before last year's season, um, about Durant's hair. And right. uh, I'm hanging out. You know, uh, I went to go see Steph and Seth play against each other. It was Dallas first, uh, before New Year's. It was Dallas first um, Golden State. And I'm sitting in the hallway waiting waiting on Seth and Steph to come out and Chris Haynes sees me and Chris Haynes like didn't recognize me. I never seen me. Obviously I'm anonymous on Twitter and no yeah. one really knew what I look like. And you know, I'm fairly showing my face now, but um, I said, yo, what's up, Chris? And he's looking at me with this bugged out look and I'm like, yo, I'm black trade. And he's like, yo, what are you doing here? You're crazy. You know what I mean? He thinks that, you know, like the players got whiffed of me talking shit about them pretty much <laughs> and that, you know, I wouldn't be able to, you know, they're going to say something. So the first person he sees me dap up is Draymond. And then I dap up KD and he's bugged out like, yo, okay, I get it. That's what y'all do. Y'all joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I've joked, I've joked on KD's hair. I've joked on Dre before. I've joked on a couple guys. So it's not, it's not nothing new, but it was just kind of hilarious. And then it was super random because Dan Dickow was there. And I was like, this is the most Hollywood shit ever the Warriors are doing now. Because it didn't used to be like that. It was nobody hanging around at that point back then. So, you know, um, I can tell that when they moved to San Francisco, 
it's going to be pretty uh, less uh, Oakland-ish oh, in my, my eyes, you know, because it's going to be more techie. And, you know, it's, it already you know, is. Fan base. Have you been yeah. to the games yet lately, like I, the last couple of years? I have. I, oh, have, man. I have. It's definitely, uh, I mean, it's entertaining to say the least. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, more power to the Warriors and continued success. Um, but, like I said, hopefully, uh, you know, we get a competitive finals this year. <laughs> you think I'm Cleveland, already mar- You think Cleveland's going to make it? Uh, knowing LeBron, yeah. I mean, you know, they're going to go through their woes. They're going to make a trade. You know, they're going to think that they're going to, you know, I mean, I've heard Lou Williams. I've heard Kevin Love being moved to another team for another person. But Jeez. honestly, it's just, you know, like I said, when when, you, when you're a shit show, you got to make the best and, and, and patch up the bleeding. I think they'll have enough to get by just because of veteran stuff. Um, but not enough to beat the Warriors, I think. This time it might not even be one game. It might be a four-game sweep, personally. Yeah, I, I keep like wanting to say that like maybe Boston or Toronto can can knock them off. We get a different series, and then I like as much as I well, like. I mean, that's I, even, as much as I like Boston. You think so? It's worse. That's worse. It doesn't work for. It doesn't work well. It doesn't you, work well. You think they, be not, they're not even like they're not even gonna get up for them teams. It's gonna be quick. <laughs> Sorry. And that's the that's the sad part of the state of basketball because it's kind of like okay well we got to implement some type of rule. That's fair. I, mean, I don't want to, but I also don't want them to implement a whole strategy of like hey these got to we, we got to find a way to split these teams up or raise caps where teams can't afford people or luxury tax goes reverse. Right. I just. I mean I think it's just going to happen organically in the next two years. Yeah. Like people. Yeah. Someone's going to get bored. Bucks. Someone's going to. Yeah, the you know. money is going to get too big. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. Something, that's still, that's still five total chips, though. And or, four someone's, or someone's just going to start declining. Like, I mean, right now, I mean, Seth's going to turn 30 in a month. Katie's it's going to be Draymond if it's anyone, though. Like, it's, it's going to be Draymond. Sure. I mean, Regardless right, right now, he's, like, yeah. icing his entire body at all times. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's so. been hurt the whole yeah. season. He just keeps yeah. playing for some reason. Like, But he's, yeah. been, he's been fighting through back, calves, knees. I mean... But um, all right, so I got a question for you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the chair really quick. <laughs> Let's go. Um, who makes the All Star team off the Warriors? Who does or doesn't? Who does? I think I think they're gonna get three. I think Draymond's gonna get left off. Um, okay, I, I I agree. I think I think Clay's gonna get it off the coach. Coaches love Clay. Yeah, that's right. and um, it's no, it's not no disrespect to Draymond, but like there's just a ton of really good forwards and bigs in the West. Um, yeah, I, I think though, obviously Steph and KD will get in, like that's a lock. Um, but I do think Clay will get in, and it's gonna it's gonna piss someone off. You know, it'll it'll end up with like uh, Dame not making it, or Lou Will, or someone some guard because the guard guard position so stacked. I think I actually think Dre will make it, uh, but I agree with you. I, I don't I actually, for my selfish purposes, I would like for the fact that he's not going to make it just so just to see how pissed he would get, just to see how petty he would get because I think he's a top ten player in the league and I think he's a lot better than Clay in terms of like his overall impact on the game. Uh, well, maybe a not not a lot better. Maybe Dre's top ten and but, Clay's top twenty. But but do you reward that? Like, I mean, for the unstatted stuff that he does, I mean, dude, I feel like that's kind of a courtesy 
Some uh, some people uh, feel he's the real point guard of the Warriors. Um, I mean, like, yeah, he he is he is the point forward, respectively. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, I feel like taking four is that corny shit that Atlanta did. And I just, you know, I mean, like, I feel like you still got to give credit to the guys that are leading, putting their teams in playoff position. I know that the the slight and Instagram diss from Damian Lillard is going to be epic if he's left <laughs> off. Um, he might even write up a song. Um, My thing is, there's like set, there's like seventeen or eight, there's seventeen or eighteen guys right. in the West who legitimately like guys, deserve it. It's it's getting so sad that people are lobbying Lou Williams, and I love that what Lou Williams is doing right now, eleven games. You know, uh, I mean, he dropped 50 on the well. Warriors last week. Yeah, he had. I mean, respectively, that's cool. But a, a, a great game against the Warriors shouldn't get you a notch. Uh, I'm sorry. No, nah, he's not going to come same close. Thing. But they got him over guys like Lillard and Chris Paul. And, that's disrespectful. You know, like, yeah, it's. but it's getting to that point. Shout out to basketball Twitter. I mean, the, the, the land of fake outrage. So, <laughs> um, you get to that point. That it's I mean, that's like, just all dude, Twitter. Man. Like, trust me. <laughs> If, if you really want to piss them off, man, just put Zaza in the game, bro. <laughs> that's what I they got to put Jeremy Lin in the game. If hey, the, only, the only player I've oh, thrown an NBA vote for is Zaza. So. Listen, Zaza was – I'm surprised Zaza wasn't high this year. I think they kind of mandated, like, made sure that that didn't take off as much as it did. But I think he I paid, I think he paid some trolls. bot farm because Georgia's not that big a country. I'm just, I'm just not buying that, like, there's just that much, like, overzealous hey, – I'm voting for somebody named Zaza. 2020. <laughs> Zaza for 2020 president. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, we were um, so yeah, I mean I hope I hope somehow I hope Dre doesn't get on. We'll see what he says. He's gonna have a lot to say. His sound bites are gonna be spectacular. But um yeah, I mean I there is the other just, aspect of it. Play. It's like Draymond's but, game is awesome, but it's also kind yeah, of, it's not really true. meant for an all-star game either you know <laughs> hate to I, hate to jump in guys pockets but i would love for uh the sneaker companies to uh pretty much uh um uh, release the info of the incentives that they need to have and and see what you know what i mean what what outrage would come out you know what i mean like uh someone asked me the other day what uh james harden contract entail you know what i mean right. and and then also you know what i mean if you guys I'm not sure if you got a chance to check out the Nice Cakes uh, pod. We discussed uh, James Harden's breakdown uh, of his 13-year, uh, $200 million contract. And when yeah, people yeah. see the 200, mainly people look at it as, oh, man, this is how much money a certain person gets. You don't initially get that until you mark off the accolades that your accomplishments that you're supposed to get. And James has to win the MVP to get that 200 mil. <laughs> so... Um, you think he's going to continue to miss games, and that's why he's going to be playing like a madman when he returns on Thursday. Yeah, you um, can see it. Like he's always playing garbage time when when there's no reason for him to be out there. And like Steph's under Steph's Under Armour situation is locked up because he's kind of like checked off everything that he needed. To that's what that makes. That's why he don't give a shit about what happens. He truly yeah, I mean, shit. it just really doesn't matter. I mean, even if his shoe <laughs> didn't even like hit the racks and like really clear off, like I mean, the three did terrible, right? And the step four, it's gotten great ground. I mean, I'm still mad that they didn't release it right after they won the championship. But, hey, I'm not around for that. Well, they fucked stuff. that up because that um, shoe looks good. That shoe was great. And uh, the funny story, yeah. the backstory behind that, we actually almost didn't get Steph that shoe. So Steph was supposed to debut that shoe in Cleveland right before they left. Um, you know, I was in Oakland for um, game one and game two. UA sent the shoe to be shot by Nick DePaula. We had the shoe, and we were trying to hide the shoe so no one would get a sneak picture of it before because he was going to debut this shoe. Right. 
And uh, he ended up not wearing them, but it was the gold pair he wore during the parade. <laughs> so we're like just hanging out randomly in uh, right there on Telegraph and 16th or something like that. And just like shooting his pictures of the uh, shoe. Um, and we're like trying to hide it. And like people were looking like, yo, that's a nice shoe. And they don't even know it's the Curry 4. Damn, that's wild. And now, well, now he's also got the number one best-selling jersey. So. Oh, of course, I mean, man. Little kids love winners. <laughs> Little kids love winners because the, the year the Cavs won and Kyrie hit the shot, Kyrie's shoe did well. Kyrie's jersey did well. And you're looking at it like, okay, and kids cool. And kids love guards, too, because in their mind, oh, yeah, they're the same size true. as them. Absolutely. You're looking at little kids. They got on McDavid sleeves, McDavid uh, knee pads. I'm like, you ain't even got tendonitis. I have to wear all that shit, bro. Yo, but Kyrie, real quick, Kyrie's shoes are my favorite. I'm not a big shoe guy, but Kyrie's shoes are by far. Kyrie and Kobe's are the most comfortable. Um, I don't yeah. care about how they look. That don't matter to me. But the Kyrie's and nice, like Kobe like nines or, or, or nines nines and eights. Oh my god! Like I can just like hoop all day. Just just the comfiness. Like the Steph's honestly, and guys are gonna hate me for this one. Steph's I tore a knee playing with the <laughs> with the with the first Steph's. They're not my favorite shoes. I'm oh wow! Go I mean, honestly, I don't think it's about the sneaker that you're wearing. I mean, obviously, it gives you you know <laughs> nightmares about the silhouette and saying, oh man, this shoe was totally bad because I, I had a bad ankle sprain in the. Uh, uh, Nike 2K4s, Hirachi uh-huh. 2K4s, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And I written that shoe off, and I was like, that's unfair to the brand because a lot of people <laughs> used to link uh, torn ACL and meniscus to uh, Adidas. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and now Adidas is like, oh. And, yeah. and now Dame 4 is one of the best shoes out. You know what I mean? As far as comfort and, and look and, and a lot of shoes, you know what I mean? Like the PG1 is great as well. The PG2 is getting ready to release. They're doing a collab with PlayStation. So, um, mm. you know, it's a it's a lot of things. I think it's not about the brand. I think it's just freak accidents and stuff that happens, um, you know. Unfortunately, um, but yeah. Trey, get me back on the Steph hype on the shoe game, so I'll be back. Oh, it yeah, don't take man. much for me, man. First of all, the Curry the Curry Four Low is amazing shoe. It's an amazing shoe. First of all, I love the cause that he's uh, giving back to, and then also that shoe is nice with a good jogger, and then it's also nice with uh, you know what I mean, like on the court. I like low top shoes. It reminds me of, you know, I mean, playing like one of my, uh, one of my idols, Steve Nash. So, um, he always wore low shoes. Steve Nash, and, one of my and favorite. Technology wise, too, it frees up the ball of your ankle. Most people used to think, oh, I don't wear low top shoes because I'm a roll my ankle. No, you need the, the 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 movement of your ankle to move around. And I don't understand why Steph likes his shoes so high. He doesn't understand. <laughs> like all the ankle brace shit, you're gonna roll your, you're, uh, you know what I mean? Like he, he was still rolling his ankle with ankle braces and all that shit. And people are like, how? Uh, yeah, you still can roll your ankle with that. It's not he about that. Like it's the like the thickest lack of range ankle of brace I've ever Yeah, it's absolutely. Oh my god, it's, and it's terrible. I honestly He's think it's all, I think it's all mental too with the sneaker. Like my thing is, I, you're probably right. Ninety percent of it doesn't really make a difference if it fits you right. It fits you right, but it's like if you feel confident in it, you're less likely to you're more likely to play confident and then you're not, then you're not going to put yourself in as many situations where you can roll something or hurt something. So it's, well, really yeah, it's just, you know, we've been brainwashed since we were children, you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as seeing the greatest athletes wearing the orange box, the Nikes. Right. And you think like, okay, I wear Jordans. I'm going to play like Jordan. I wear Bo Jackson's. I'm going to play like Bo Jackson. I wear Dion's. I'm going to play like Dion. And we've been created in this scenario where, you know, competitors where it went to like, it had to be a stylish shoe for you to pick it up. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't, you know I mean? As you get older, you don't look at it as performance. As a kid, you see it and you think you're going to actually play like that person. So, <laughs> you know, 
the psychology of it. It's something you constantly see and you want. Even if you trash like the new shoes that you're like, oh, the Balenciaga Triple S's. If you continue to see those shoes, you tend to want them. Yeah, but it's, 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 no, it's how no your different. brain works. Marketing. It's no different than anything else. Like you, you know, you're trying to go out and meet someone that night. You want to wear something that makes you feel really confident too. And all of a sudden, you think like, oh, it's because I wore this really cool shirt that she was into <laughs> me. But like, really, it's just because you were putting out a probably more positive energy. You weren't you weren't thinking about everything. Probably more drinks. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now that's that's crazy. Go back a little bit. That, that was crazy because. Um, the thing with Steph was the kids love that is the kids I know I was teaching a little bit, you know, last year well, too. We're in the Bay. It's, um, it's a little biased. Like every kid's going to just adore right. Steph. <laughs> no, but, but the, no, but the thing is like, they always were like, they're always, Hey, we're practicing the shot. I can just be like Steph when I grow up. That's always been a thing to me that I wanted to riff on a little bit with other NBA players. Cause it's like, if kids feel that way, like, Hey, I can just be like him growing up. Cause all I need to do is practice my handle and I could jack up a three from 28. Like, I'm just going to be like the guy that won MVP a couple times. Right. And even yeah, Steph, well, Steph, told Steph, Steph makes it yeah. realistic. And that's the thing. It's more realistic. It's guys that's five, eight, five, seven. They don't, they know that they're never going to dunk, but you always can chuck a three up and get good with the three point shot. You know what I mean? And he shows, you know what I mean? To kids and other teens that really don't follow up on measurements and think right. how tall Steph is. Steph really is like 6'1". 6'3 is a given. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like 6'1", and you know what I mean? He's, he's He has very long-ass arms, and he shoots very high. Like when he, the the perim, like the diameter of how his shot goes in, it's like falling into a hula hoop, and that's why he gets the splash. You know what I mean? He puts enough rotation on it, and a lot of people don't look at it that way. But, yeah, he shoots really, really high. <laughs> uh, but – it's 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 kind of like that uh, being a six year old and trying to shoot a bigger ball and shooting from your he shoots like that still, but you know, respectively, one of the greatest shooters of all time in my eyes, and I got to watch a lot of shooters. Ooh, well, you're breaking up over there. I think unless that's me, Sam. But um, Can you hear me now? No, you you guys are both good. All right. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, one of the greatest shooters of all time. Uh oh, we might have to start a dialogue. <laughs> Well, who else on that list? That's that's the follow up question. Uh, so I'm gonna say uh, I don't want to put this in order, but I'm gonna say Kyle Korver, uh, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Dale Ellis. Ooh. Um. Uh, Allen Houston. Uh, I don't know, it's debatable because there's so many in the 90s, we had so many sharpshooters. But also, that's all they did. They weren't like primary ball guys. And that's what I was arguing about the other day. A lot of people saying, look at Steph shatter all these records. The three point wasn't even that popular like that. Like, it was like, okay, come in, shoot three threes, and go sub back out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was slasher dominant. So, um, you know, I, I think that's all I really got for you guys right now. And Dale Curry, you know. Hershey Hawkins. You're not yep. going to throw Nash into there too? Uh, you know, statistically, yes, Steve Nash. But, I mean, I, I wasn't really – I mean, he did shoot a lot of threes, but I, I really like Nash for keeping his dribble alive right. and, and setting guys up and being a great leader. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought the guy from Santa Clara would actually do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to watch him at Santa Clara that much, you know what I mean, because I was young just like you guys. But – um, seeing him with that Phoenix team and how they, you know, the seven seconds or less and setting up uh, Sean Marion and Quinn Richardson and Joe Johnson, 
that team was amazing. That might have been, that's still the top three teams in terms of just like when they kind of broke through that it, it was just total must-see TV and you found yourself trying to like find a way to watch every Suns game during that period. Right. And there's very few, like I, I feel like the Warriors got that in right when they broke through in like 14, 15. Like at this point now, people are just kind of like, eh, wake me up if it's an important game. But those first couple of years and yeah, the Nash uh-huh. Suns were definitely that way. Like, cause no one was doing what they were doing when, when they kind of, what was that? Like mid, mid O's like Oh five, Oh four around that. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so fun to watch and they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should, um, we should get out of here. Uh, Trey, you got anything you want to plug? Aside from the Nice Kicks podcast? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, tune in to Nice Kicks. Check out Waz Speaks. Check out the Basketball Friends. Obviously, check out Light Years. I'm definitely not going to shout out the Chase Down, but shout outs to them also. <laughs> <laughs> that would be rude. Um, shout outs to Sorted History. Um, make sure you check out every pod on uh, Leverage the Chat and continue to support us. Five-star rate and review. Hey. And uh, thank you guys for having me on. For sure. Hey, yo, hit us up when you're at the next Warriors game. We go to too many home games, Absol- and we got we, we spend too much time Absolutely. together. Me I and love Tim. Oakland. Um, I'm always at Moi having dinner. And, uh, Ooh, good spot. It's like one of my favorite places. Great spot, great music. And Oakland's so cultured. I also like the Mediterranean truck right across the street from uh, Somar. Yes. Fire. Yeah. All fire. trucks there are fire. <laughs> so uh, definitely going to give you guys a, a holler next time I'm in the Bay Area. Um, we'll definitely link up, you know, catch a game or so. Thanks again. Let's go, man. Sounds good. All right, bro. Again. All right, all right fellas.